It does sound like the sound is pretty good in here right now. It does. Oh, even just hearing you say it does, <laughs> I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so silky on the I just air, got so. some. I just got some chills. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord. Okay, if my phone would just. I think this makes us equal equal distant to the mic. We are equidistant. Equal distant. Equidistant. Equidistant is the correct word, but I yes. said equal distant. I mean, equal distance. Technically, equal distant is grammatically correct. Potentially. Am I an incorrect? You would have to be equally distant. Yep, you're right. Not equal distant. <laughs> I knew it sounded fucky. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley Callahan. And I'm Michelle Schrader. And this is Fork. Where we find out random knowledge about the things that we find most fascinating. And then we talk about it. Yep. That was probably the most formal we've ever done our intro. It just, it flowed. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> I felt really good about that. It was very smooth. It yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, I, what is your fun thing? Oh, wow. My fun thing. (laughs) (laughs) I, so I sat there for a second and I thought, this feels weird to just jump right in like we did last episode. But then like I had a little panic attack and I was like, well, shit, I don't know what else to say. I think we've, I think we've said it all. I think that's it. So, um, well, I can't sit here in silence. I got to say something. So what's your fun thing? Um, my fun thing, which I have rapidly forgotten. <laughs> Should uh, I do my fun thing yes, first? Yes, you do your fun thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my fun thing is we had, at work today, we had a little girl uh, in in our shop. I work at a shoe store, and she was just the cutest thing. And she was running around the store. She was very friendly with everybody to the point where we couldn't figure out who her parents were because we thought that her parent was this one lady that she was hanging around with. And then we discovered that this lady has no idea whose kid this is. (laughs) (laughs) And then we were like, oh, okay, this is a little weird. You should probably teach your kids not to be so trusting of people. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And then the best part was she, as she was leaving, she was like, thank you. Hope you guys come again. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That is so precious. And then when she walked out the door, she started to cross the street. And then by herself. No, with her with her father. Okay. Started to cross the street with her father turned around, went back to the sidewalk, and looked both ways. <laughs> After she'd already, like, halfway crossed the street, she realized, oh, I forgot to look both ways. So she turned around. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the cutest girl in the world. <laughs> that is so pure. I know. Oh my goodness. So that's my fun thing. That's a really great fun thing. Yeah. I mean, it's so wholesome. 
Dang, I'm, I'm like, affected by that. That's so cute. <laughs> um, okay, my fun thing is that it was Halloween this weekend. Was it? Really? Yep. That feels like ages ago. Yep. And even though I worked on Halloween, I got to wear a onesie to work. Nice. What was the onesie? I I I was Sully from oh. Monsters Inc. And so that That's meant That's fantastic. Yeah. That meant that I had a tail on my onesie. <laughs> and I was really happy about that. Yeah. I like I like tails a lot. Um but also I rewatched Beetlejuice. Nice. For the first time in a long time. Yeah. I did that this year as well. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. What a classic. Classic film. Yeah. I'd kind of forgotten what the concept was. Yeah. And... Same. I really enjoy it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That was really, really fun. And then also got an extra hour of sleep. So even though I went to bed at like two o'clock in the morning because of daylight savings time, I didn't feel too, like super ridiculous waking up at my normal time the next morning. Yeah. Because technically it was an hour later. Technically you went to bed at 1 a.m. Yeah. Yes. 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 Nice. Yeah. I did not get an extra hour of sleep because I turned my clock clock back early at like midnight. Well, so what happened with me was I was I was like I think I was like playing a game or something. And then it was like, it was like 1230 and I was like, I should probably go to bed. And I was going to set my alarm and then I was like, oh wait, I got to set my clock back an hour. So I set it back an hour and then I saw the time as 1130 and I was like, oh sweet, I got an extra hour. (laughs) (laughs) So you got an extra hour of video games instead. Yeah, pretty much. That's still good. Yeah. I don't remember who goes first this week. Shoot. Um... Last week was me. So I go first? So you go first. Perfect. Yep. Well, my first topic... Okay. ...is... Drum roll. Oh. I, don't, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> I That's really going to fuck up the audio. <laughs> <laughs> Mirrors. Wonder way! Oh! Well, this... Oh, that's just taking me so back. That's what a great what a great topic. I didn't I did not see that coming. No, not at all. He you, you, you didn't you didn't read it off my notes. <laughs> Prior I to totally recording. didn't see that before we started recording. No. Yeah. Big shock. Big Whew, shock. Man, mirrors. Wow. The shockiest of well, shocks. I am hearing this for the first time right now. <laughs> well, yes, you are hearing it for the first time cuz you read it. True mirrors. <laughs> Tell us about yes. Mirrors. So, I mean, I think that it's really interesting that, like, a flat object can give you such a clear image of yeah. what... I don't know. I find that fascinating. It's, that is fascinating. It's just smooth and there, and if you have a good mirror, it's relatively representative of what exists in front of it. Yeah, the fact that we can... Whether it be mirrors or pictures, yeah. which pictures, by the way, who the fuck understands how that works? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's the fact that we 
have the capability to see ourselves for some reason just is really mind-boggling to me. Yeah, I, I agree. And so that's kind of the inspiration for this one. Sure. Especially because it's so clear. Like, obviously, you have reflective surfaces. Like, you can see your face in the back of a spoon, <laughs> but you can't see your face very well. It's true. <laughs> um, that kind of thing. So I was kind of curious kind of how they're made, as well as the history of mirrors. Yeah. So. The history of mirrors. Yes. <laughs> with Michelle Schrader. <laughs> way back in the Wayback Machine. Um, in the Wayback Machine? <laughs> yes. Is that from something that no, I'm totally ignorant of? No, I think that's of? just me. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I did not mean to call you out like that. I just really thought you were referencing something that I did not know about. I mean, that is something that is so ingrained in my vocab at this point. It might be a reference that I'm unaware of. Okay. But I feel like it's just me. I don't know. All right. Yeah. So. So way back in the way back machine. Way back machine. Yeah. People would use water as kind of the first Mm -hmm. reflective surface to see themselves in. Yeah. So sometimes they would like get, you know, some kind of rudimentary like pot or bowl or something like that, collect water in it, and then they could see themselves in the reflection of the water. Yeah. And then they started to polish materials to be smooth enough to have a reflective effect, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the first, and, and really how that reflective effect works is that the surface has to be smooth enough that when light bounces onto the surface, that it's not deflected in weird ways. So it needs to be reflected off of the surface at the same angle that the light hit the surface. Okay. So if you shine light directly, like straight on 90 degrees Mm -hmm. at a mirror, it should be able to come directly back to you. If you shine a light kind of at an angle at a mirror, it'll have that same angle coming off of the mirror shooting somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's part of like how that. That's how you can. Works. That's how it's like so clear, of an image as well. Yeah, that's how you can like fuck with people with your watch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly the concept because the light is hitting you one way, right? And then you are altering the angle that the light hits your watch yeah. to manipulate where the light goes to the point that it hits your friend in, in the eyeball. It's beautiful. So much fun. Science is truly beautiful sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so one of the first instances of objects being polished to the point of mirror use is in Turkey, like 6,000 BC. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Where they would take, like, essentially discs of obsidian and polish it down. So it's like this black lava rock thing. Wow. (laughs) I feel like that would be hard to actually see yourself in. I feel like you'd get more of a silhouette. Yeah, so it was very dark, but it was a reflection. But if you've, like, polished it enough, you could kind of see yourself. It was not a good reflection. Sure. Well, I mean, water's not a good reflection reflection either. Yeah. Especially if you do it indoors, then you're basically not seeing anything. Yeah. 
So that was one of the first ones. Um, <laughs> there were also polished dick uh, discs of <laughs> copper. <laughs> yes. Polished, polished discs. Discs of copper. Oh. What's what's so funny about polished polished oh, polished nothing. discs? <laughs> I, literally, as I was trying to say polished discs, I almost said it again. <laughs> that is a very difficult thing to say. It is a very difficult word. Um, there's so there's copper mirrors. Same concept. They would polish them up to the point that copper's they would... pretty good. Yes, it's gonna have some coloration there though. Well, it's yeah, copper. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can you can polish that up and get a fairly okay. Yeah. You know, for the time. Sure. <laughs> um, and then they would also do just, like, polished stone, which was also kind of not great. I mean, that's got to be, like, practically nothing. Yeah. And then, with the Bronze Age, you also get, you have all of these kinds with, you know, the copper and obsidian and stone. With the Bronze Age, you also get um, bronze mirrors. Again, mm-hmm. same con- same concept. They just... Right. Take a piece of bronze and polish her down. Um, and then, so you had bronze, copper, and silver. And you still saw the, the silver mirrors in the Roman Empire as well. Uh-huh. And then, a couple issues with these metal disc mirrors. Okay. <laughs> um, is that they, I mean, they're just pieces they're hunks of metal right yeah they tarnish easily Mm -hmm. um so you have to keep polishing them to maintain their reflective properties right um but additionally kind of like what we're talking about with the copper it doesn't have great color content right in the reflection so if you have a bronze mirror your reflection is going to be kind of sepia tone mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of real life color. It just suddenly occurred to me like how wild that is that there was a time when people really didn't have a solid understanding of what they looked like. Like they themselves. They themselves, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. You just Like you had a general idea because you could see your reflection sort of in the water and like mm-hmm. and in polished metals, but like that you just didn't know what you looked like or that if yeah. you or like on a given day wanted like, to know what you looked like it would not it wouldn't be that easy you know yeah. you'd have to like get out the polish and <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah lots of effort there yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah that is kind of interesting that you know we didn't always have such a hey man maybe that goes into some yeah, I mean, because now we have, like, such a things. fixation on what we look like yeah. that maybe we didn't have before. I don't know. That's, I didn't research that That's some that psychological part. bull snatch right there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then, glass started being used um, once we kind of figured out how to manipulate glass. So, like, glass blowing became a thing. And essentially, some of the first glass mirrors were made by, like, essentially blowing a glass ball and then spinning it so quickly that it flattened (laughs) and then you've got this like flat circular disc and then you cut a rectangle out of it and that's the pieces of glass that they used for some of the first 
wow. mirrors. Yeah. Okay. And then from there, it kind of evolved into they they would blow a glass cylinder and then cut the sides of the cylinder and lay it flat, which seems a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You know, evolution. Yeah. <laughs> things are approved, improved upon and things like that. Um, but yeah, glass first started being used in mirrors around the first century of our common era. Okay. Yeah. So what glass did... It served a couple purposes. Mm -hmm. It provided a smooth surface to allow the light to bounce off it in the right ways Mm -hmm. to provide that reflective surface. And it also provided a protective cover for the metal so it wouldn't tarnish. So you wouldn't have to keep polishing it all the time. Uh, Yeah. That's super fascinating. Yeah. So what they started doing was, like I said, they'd make these glass pieces of panel, right? And then they would either coat the back in molten lead or gold leaf. Okay. (laughs) Um, That's very fancy. Yes. (laughs) Quite. Gold leaf. And also, yeah, that'd be a fancy mirror right there. But the lead one... History's wild. Yeah, truly. (laughs) Um, so then, in the Middle Ages, glassmaking continued to improve. They had bigger and better ways of consistently making glass flat and smooth and bigger and more easily produced. Bigger all and of better. that good stuff. You know. And then they also came up with, instead of using molten lead <laughs> on the back of the mirrors, they came up with a mix of tin and mercury to apply oh, good. <laughs> to the back of the glass um, to create the reflective backing there. And essentially the tin would stay, but the mercury would eventually evaporate, mm-hmm. leaving the tin in this nice smooth finish. Uh-huh. Um, but of course, as, as one can imagine, <laughs> mercury evaporating into the air also not toxic at all. No. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> uh, so many great options. <laughs> lead, mercury, pick your poison. <laughs> Next, they just use straight up uranium. <laughs> <laughs> right. Your mirror not only shows your reflection, it glows in the dark. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can look at yourself any time of day. <laughs> exactly. It is the ultimate I can mirror. see the medieval infomercials now. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that essentially brings us to how, how mirrors are made today without mercury or lead. Um, essentially it is made, like, the layer on the back of the glass is made through a process called silvering. Silvering? hmm Okay. Which, essentially, they take aluminum in, in a wet form it's not necessarily in a liquid form it's not necessarily like heated to the point that it is liquid okay sometimes they mix it with chemicals and then they spray this liquid onto the back of a piece of glass and then the liquid evaporates leaving the metal Hmm. nice and smooth so similar concept to the mercury tin concoction 
Um, but this involves a spray instead of just pouring the liquid. So it's aluminum. Yes. And they call it silvering. Yes. I think it may that have makes sense started. It may have started using silver instead of aluminum. And then what they'll do as well, so on the back, so you've got your piece of glass mm-hmm. that's, you know, facing you. If you put your finger to the glass, you're touching glass, not aluminum. <laughs> right. And then you've got your layer of aluminum. And then sometimes they will also um, put a layer of paint over the back of that to help prevent scratching and things like that from the back of the mirror. Okay. Yeah. Huh. It's really interesting to think of a mirror as being metal for some reason. Like, I don't know what I exactly thought it was. Yeah. But for some reason, it being metal just seems like, that's not right. Now, there's a lot of... That's like your basic mirror that you'd put up in a bathroom to look at your face. Right. You know, there's a lot of other types of mirrors that are made with plastic instead of glass. Sometimes the metal is on the front side of the glass instead of the back side of the glass. Like, there's a bunch of different mirror types, like microscopes or telescopes (laughs) or things like that. Oh, for sure. Or cameras, even. So that's how mirrors work and are made and the history of them, etc. What is your topic? My topic is chewing gum. Oh my, I was about to do that. Well, shit. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) So glad. (laughs) I I did consider it. I have been thinking that one of these days... We're going to do the same thing. Because we don't discuss our topics beforehand, Mm -hmm. that we are going to... Like, one of us is going to say their first topic, and the other person is going to go, Oh, shit. (laughs) Well, I have nothing to talk about now. (laughs) We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, so yeah, chewing gum. I am gum. really excited about this. Because I didn't do any research on it. I was like, huh, that'd be a fun idea. And then I like totally <laughs> didn't do it. <laughs> I feel like I constantly have ideas for topics and I'll be like, that's a pretty good idea. And then I don't write it down and I forget about it. Same. Anyway. Yeah. Chewing, chewing gum. gum. So not to, uh, not to, uh, like one up your, your mirrors. I was really hoping you were going to say burst my bubble, but... Uh, Not not to burst your bubble, (laughs) because gum. (laughs) But people have been chewing gum, quote-unquote, for about 9,000 years, which puts it at 7,000 BC. So, just just saying. Wow, your thing's older than my thing? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, so yeah, people have been chewing what, things that are similar to gum, not necessarily, well, it could be classified as gum. Sticky stuff. Sticky stuff <laughs> that you chew and don't necessarily swallow. Okay. For about 9,000 years. Dang. Uh, that we don't necessarily know exactly all of the reasons why they did it mm-hmm. all the way back then, but it's, expe- it's, it's thought that it was, a. Uh, Possibly for enjoyment, but primarily, most likely for like medicinal purposes. Okay. Yeah, and we'll kind of get a little more into that as we go along. So okay. the ancient Mayans chewed something called chicle. Okay. How is that spelled? C H I C L E. Okay. Chicle. 
So the so kind of <laughs> does it make you chuckle? <laughs> does it chickle you? <laughs> uh, so the Mayans would chew chickle, and they did this to like quench their thirst and to like stave off hunger, apparently. Which is something Fair. that we kind of still use gum for a little bit now. Although, in my personal experience, even though I've heard this, I've, it never really has worked for me. I feel like I just, it doesn't make me not hungry just because I'm right. chewing gum. Or make yeah. me less thirsty because all I'm doing is just swallowing more of my own saliva. <laughs> yeah, you're not consuming more liquid <laughs> right. to actually hydrate you. You're nothing, just getting the Nothing is being provided, really. <laughs> it's a closed circuit. <laughs> That's right, a closed circuit. Uh, the, ex, uh, the Aztecs would also chew chickle. Okay. And with the Aztecs, something that I thought was very fascinating is there were rules about the social acceptability of chewing chickle. Like so, you had to chew it with your mouth closed, social access- no. acceptability? <laughs> so only children and single women were allowed to chew chickle in public. Ex- wait. So men- Children? Men were not allowed to chew chickle. At what? To chew chickle. At what point, is there kind some kind of ceremony for boys, like the boys to men situation where- <laughs> it's like that boys to men day. situation. <laughs> Is there like a you're a man now, no more chickle for you? Uh, I think there there must have been like, a very there had specific, to be a definitive point Aztec ceremony specifically based around <laughs> chickle <laughs> that well, said it's... you are now sixteen. And we have to have a big old party celebration, because you're a man now, and you need to spit that chickle out. <laughs> that is unacceptable. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, it doesn't have to be, like, the main event. It could be like, yo, you're a man now. Big celebration. Psst. Spit that out. Spit it out. Spit it out right now. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> We have a reputation to uphold. <laughs> Better spit that shit out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, do you think, like, the day leading up to that, they were just... Chewing like the they were They must have been chewing all the chickle. Just like, oh, dude. I, these are my final my days. System. Yeah, I gotta yeah. get this out of my system. <laughs> well, know, well, yeah. once you were a man... <laughs> okay. Once... Once the boys to men situation <laughs> happened. had happened, men could still chew it, but it had to be in private. Okay. So, and, and they would do this, men would do this, they would chew it in private in order to clean their teeth. Okay, fair. Primarily, the use was to freshen your breath. So you just wake and up that, in I the think, morning, I think chew I'm, some chickle. Spit it out. Yeah. Eat your breakfast. Mm-hmm. Chew some chickle before you go to bed at night. That's right. For at least two minutes. Thirty seconds on each side. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Native Americans would chew spruce tree resin, uh, which carried over with the European settlers to mm. America. And in the late 1840s, John Curtis, 
a man named John Curtis, developed the first commercial spruce tree gum by boiling the resin, then cutting it into strips that were coated in cornstarch to prevent them from sticking together. Oh. Yeah. So, so why is... <clears throat> I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but why is this this gentleman not still in our everyday vernacular like Wrigley? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I will tell you. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's not as exciting as like John Curtis and Wrigley like having a duel or something yeah. like that. Damn. This isn't <laughs> Hamilton. Uh, but John Curtis created the first chewing gum factory in the early 1850s in Portland, Maine. Okay. Now, That's cool. the primary reason that people don't really know John Curtis is because spruce resin wasn't great, as it tasted terrible and became brittle when chewed. Oh, like old gum. Yeah. So spruce resin was around for a little bit, but people were kind of like, this is all we have, so I guess I like it. <laughs> Fair enough. So other qu- other companies quickly, like, picked up the the chewing gum concept and, like, tried to, like, you know, create some competition in the market by using other substances such as paraffin wax. Ah. Mm-hmm. That sounds tasty. Yes. Now, a man named uh, Thomas Adams started using chicle again oh, back to make to the gum. Roots. That's right. Which was the standard for quite a long time, actually, in America at, after that point, uh, until companies started using more like synthetic materials in the mid 1900s. Uh, yeah, so, so we, don't, we aren't still chewing chicle. Why not? I don't know. As I was researching this, I was thinking it it would be kind of fun to like. I want to know what chickle is like. Yeah, what does it taste like? Because as I was I was hearing all about this chickle. Yeah. Now I want to know. I'm gonna go find some chickle. Got a tickle for some chickle. <laughs> Imagine the advertising. That's. That's fantastic. I'm just saying. I, I got a tickle for some chickle. Exactly. <laughs> oh. So, William Wrigley Jr. Ah, the man, the myth, the legend. He started as a soap salesman. Gross. <laughs> Why is that gross? Because he's Wrigley and it's soap. And my immediate brain thought was chewing soap. Fair. Yep. <laughs> Hence, gross. Yeah. Uh, so he started as a soap salesman who would throw in like free baking powder uh, to the businesses that he would sell his uh, his soap to to get them to stock his products. Fair enough. Good and Good what, job. what we will what we will quickly learn about Mr. Bill Wrigley is that. He is very good at, like, throwing in free stuff as a way of advertising. He does that a lot. It's a good sales tactic. It is. Because who doesn't love free stuff? Everybody loves free stuff. I like free stuff. Especially baking powder. No. uh, Mm, Well, I mean, cookies. But if you had the rest of the ingredients. It's an important item. It is. It's (laughs) it's something that I feel often gets forgotten about. Yes. In the various cooking... um, 
substances that are used. Yeah. Like you think of the eggs, you think of the flour, you think of the sugar, you and think oil. of the, the oil, all the classics, all the staples of cooking, the cooking right. staples as they're but known the in the cooking things. world. Yes. But the two things with baking in the name get forgotten. That's right. Baking soda, baking powder. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the baking powder that he would give for free with his soap ended up being a real hit with businesses. And what? they actually liked the baking powder. They cared about the baking powder more than they cared about the soap. What was so great about his baking powder? I don't know, but Wrigley's, Wrigley, Wrigley's got some nice baking powder. Was it cocaine? <laughs> you know, I hadn't considered. It might have been cocaine. <laughs> you never know. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> so he started, he switched to start selling baking powder. So he started charging for that baking powder and was like, all right, you like this? Well, guess what? Now you got to pay for it. But fair. Wrigley still being a nice guy decided to start giving out free packs of gum <laughs> with the baking powder he would sell. Fair enough. And it ended up just being a little bit of like, oh, he moved from this to this to this. He just keeps one-upping himself. That's right. And everyone was like, damn, this gum is pretty dope. So he was like, great, I'll start selling some gum. Did he try to sell anything after the gum? No. The gum is where it stopped. <laughs> so he, he realized, I can't top this. He peaked. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'd say. And he launched, he launched, he launched Juicy Fruit and Wrigley Spearmint in 1893. Wow. And when I read that, I was, I immediately thought back to the episode exactly. where we were like, is Juicy Fruit Wrigley? And it is. <laughs> Juicy Fruit is Wrigley, and I finally got my answer. Because we never looked it up. No, we didn't. We opened the door, and we left it open specifically for this moment. So that I could slam it closed. Absolutely. It was more of a gentle push, but... Yes. <laughs> uh, so, at this point, the gum scene is crazy. So, Wrigley recognizing all of this this all of these different companies just like really going ham he was like i gotta stand out somehow so wrigley had some brilliant marketing ideas so what he did was in 1915 wrigley sent free gum samples to americans in phone books wait so okay that's only one thing he did (laughs) let me just get this right okay okay did he open a phone book find somebody's address and send them a pack of gum or did he send somebody a phone book with slices of gum in between the pages <laughs> I really like that idea that there's just <laughs> hidden pieces of gum throughout the phone book exactly. so like as you're through going about your life you just Ooh, will gum. like come across some gum as you're trying to find like the plumber <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, so I'm pretty sure he partnered with like the people that send out the phone books and sent free samples with the phone books. Okay, so not quite in between the pages. It might have been in between the pages. I don't it know. Might have they been didn't like specify. In, in in the center of the book, like open the book, toss the pack of gum in there, See, close it. What what I'm picturing is it's like one of those situations where in the phone book he cuts out a little rectangle <laughs> and sticks the gum in. So and there's this, just a bunch of phone little... numbers you don't have, yep. but you have free gum. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know. That's right. 
I bet those people would have wanted to sue so bad <laughs> if they were businesses just like, curse oh, yeah. you, Wrigley! <laughs> so the second thing that he did for marketing, I thought, was very interesting. He had a promotion that would send kids free gum on guess which of their birthdays. On... Wait. On which birthday, which, like, age do you think he sent them free gum? Because it was only for one specific birthday. Oh, okay. Um, I'm thinking... Now, my initial gut reaction here... Okay. ...is their fifth birthday? Because... Now, here's my, here's my logic. Okay. Because five gum exists... Although I don't know if that's a Wrigley product. That's perfect logic. <laughs> it is the second. Oh, excuse me? <laughs> this, this, so when children... Can two-year-olds chew gum without choking? I wouldn't give a child gum at two. Isn't that, like, something that is on gum packets? Like, don't give to children it might under be. X amount of years old. But, you know, it was the early 1900s. They were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You're not wrong. I'm just surprised that more two-year-olds didn't die <laughs> choking. They were giving hard drugs to soldiers to keep them awake. <laughs> and, yep, yeah. And lots of other crazy stuff. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Seriously. And thriving. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in 1928, the first bubblegum was invented by a man named Walter Deemer and called Double Bubble. Double Bubble Toilet Trouble. That is the double bubble we all know and love today. The big roll. With the big the... roll, yeah. Uh, so the yes. first bubblegum, because they had an idea of like wanting to be able to blow bubbles with this stuff, and they developed it. In 1928. Yeah. Chase your dreams. Now, as a nice closing final fact, I thought I would do a little bit of research. Despite the myth, gum does not stick in your system if you swallow it. It Passes right through just like everything else. It doesn't it doesn't digest though. Like it is indigestible. But it does just pass through. Yeah, fair. I mean you're not gonna clog your pipes with a bunch of gum. I feel like a lot of... Yeah. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I mean, well, otherwise, I feel like there would be a lot of children who, instead of throwing away their gum, even though their mom tells them not to swallow it, or, you know, I feel like there would be a lot of children in a hospital if... <laughs> with just giant wads of gum in yeah. their stomachs. Yeah. I mean, especially with double bubble bubble gum. Like, how many people would try to eat and, like, chew as much of that gum tape? Was, oh. was this just me? No, I did that. <laughs> like, Remember the just, monsters that would take that roll of tape and, and just bite, into bite out of the side of it? I'm not triggered. (laughs) Yeah, what kind of serial killer does that? (laughs) Yeah, man. God. (laughs) You you ruined the whole concept of the packaging. Right. I (sighs) did. 
<laughs> it's supposed to wor- work like a roll of tape. You, you pull it out the side. That's why it's called bubblegum ri- tape. You you rip it off and you put it in your mouth and you chew it. You chew it like your life depended on it. And that's why we all ate way too much bubblegum. But yeah, because of that logic, I don't, I think that many children would have been hospitalized for their inability to, <laughs> to get rid of gum in their system. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate it all. All so, that you do for us. So much. Because you're so wonderful. You're so patient and understanding. And... You know, you take the time to listen to us. And yeah. That, it really and means what, a lot. What greater gift to us than to be listening to us? Yeah. It really, it really, it means a lot. And so if you have any contributions, fact checks, questions. We will take all of your contributions. Yes. Comments, concerns. If you're concerned about our mental health or safety. <laughs> Monetary contributions. That's what I was or, insinuating. Or that. <laughs> uh, feel free to email us at a... Um, whew, it is The email is forkpodcast at gmail.com. So that is fork, the utensil that you eat things with. Podcast, what you're listening to at gmail, the email provider.com. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks to Kevin McLeod for the use of our theme song, Happy Boy End Theme. There you can find a link to that in the episode description. It's wonderful. If you'd like to listen to it without our voices talking over it, that's I, I highly recommend it. Perfectly I understandable. It. I like it more without us. <laughs> it's so wonderful. One of these days we'll just post an episode that's just a loop of Happy Boy yeah. End Theme straight through for 45 minutes yeah and then you can just imagine us like dancing to it yeah and that's it that's that's the episode mm-hmm. it'll be like <laughs> it'll <laughs> never mind <laughs> it'll be forking fantastic it forking well <laughs> have a have a forking week fellow forkers yes we really have to figure out what it is that we're saying because it's different every time. Have a forkin... Forkin... For, fork you later, you forkers. <laughs> fork you later, forkers. I like that. <laughs> Thanks for forking with us. We're just going to say all of them. Yeah. We're just going to spout... Every time. Every time. We're going to say all of them. <laughs> we hope that you fork this week. That's right. Get forked. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. Fuel your curiosity. Yes. With forks. Learn. Find out all the random knowledge. Yeah. Just pretend you're a two-year-old and ask why all the time. All the time. All the time. Everything that you see. Why? Why, Dad? Why? But don't ask too much because then we become irrelevant. (laughs) Fair. Or ask why and send it to our email. And and we we will will do all of the work for you. Yeah. We will fork for you. Yes. And then we can fork together when you listen to our episodes. That's right. Oh, boy. Just have a big old fork party. <laughs> oh, it's a fork fest. <laughs>